you with our team in Transformation Station. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks, Mike and team. Awesome, awesome crew up here leading us in song today. And uh, I'd like to invite all of you uh, who have a copy of God's indestructible word to the book of Acts. We'll be uh, just in a couple of verses uh, this morning looking at verses uh, 6 and 7 of Acts chapter 17. Well, um, for those of you that have been around Redemption Hill for a little while, um, you know that this is absolutely one of my uh, favorite uh, Sundays of the year. Uh, the, the, these moments uh, don't, don't come around um, very often, and so um, it's always good, we feel like, just in our lives personally, but also as a church, to kind of step back, see where we are, and then also look ahead and see uh, where we believe and, and, and just feel led that God, you know, wants to take us as a church. And um, if, I, if you hear one thing today, I hope there's just kind of this, this vision of God wants every single one of us and, and us collectively uh, to live for, for something greater than ourselves. You see, there's, there's something great about living for something greater than yourself. When we live for something greater than ourselves, the, the monotony of life breaks down. The discouragements and the self-doubt that are kind of constant companions, they begin to dissipate when we take our eyes off of our small lives and put them on something greater that is driving us to live and sacrifice for something that we perceive to be truly the best. And you see, this is, I believe, one of the fundamental appeals of Christianity. Jesus invites us into, it's no overstatement, a cosmic vision. His vision for the world, he invites us to get a piece of that and live not just for our own sake, but primarily for his sake and for the sake of those around us. And so that is who we desire to be as a church as individuals within this church, but as a church, as a whole, uh, we want to live for others and live for something greater than ourselves. See, it's pretty humbling to consider that when we, we, we moved here uh, to, to start a new church in Medford, there were only uh, seven adults that had this kind of dream and vision to start a new church here in Medford. And so that, that group of, of seven adults became about 30. And so we said, you know what? Let's take the step and start worshiping together on, on Sundays. That happened on April 10th of 2011. Who was here that Sunday? Anybody here on April 10th, 2011? Uh, hardly anyone. All right, welcome to Transient Boston. Okay, a few of, a few of you were. Awesome. Um, but, but, but God has done so much over the past five years. It's, it's amazing. And, and we could tell stories of, of all the different things that he has done among us. But you know, as, as we kind of uh, roll through the, the journey of starting a new church, it's, it's not easy work, all right? A lot, lot of long hours, a lot of, lot of uh, you know, grace from God that's orchestrating all of this. Um, but, but now as we kind of stand on this, this new uh, precipice of the next five years, that's what I want us to begin thinking about today. I know some of you probably thought, you know, Tanner, like last year and the year before and the year before, we're going to talk about 2016, and we are going to talk about 2016, but we're going to look ahead even to 2020 and consider 
wow, what, what we really desire God to do over uh, this, this journey that lies ahead. But, but in the spirit of, of living for something greater than ourselves, what if we as a church said it's not enough to look at our own kind of slice of the pie of God's kingdom here in greater Boston, but we set our eyes on a city. And we didn't just look at five years, but we looked at the next 35 years. Listen, one of the primary reasons we came to start a church in greater Boston is because roughly 3%, check this out, roughly 3% of the population attends a gospel-centered, life-giving church. I mean, friends, would, would you agree? Like that, that's, that's mind-boggling, that, that is unsatisfactory, unacceptable. And so if we just vision out, the Global Cities Institute would tell us that the population in Boston in 2050 will be roughly 6 million people. Consider the math. If, if we were to see 10%, move from 3%, more than triple uh, the population attending gospel center churches like ours that are they're talking about the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, as it's portrayed right here in the scriptures, if, if 10%, that would be 600,000 people. Well, do you know how many people uh, attend an, an average church? I mean, I think to say 150 would, would be generous. Would be generous. So some are much larger, some are a little larger than that. Many are much smaller than that. So, so if we take a round number, 150. Do you know how many churches it would take to even get to 10% of the 4,000, 4,000 churches. And to break that down uh, here, even in Medford, let's say that the population uh, scales from 57,000 to 70,000. It would take 47 churches in the city of Medford to even begin to house 10% of our population. Listen, there is a great work to do. And so what I, what I want to do is, and, and I just told Reddy this week, like I hope Reddy, I'm praying that Reddy lives until he's 90 years old, all right? He just got an amen back there, so I'm going to call him out, all right? I'm praying that he lives till he's 90, I'll be 70. I hope you guys are around to see it because here's the vision, all right? We are praying, I know that's funny, right? Um, we are praying that God, over time, it's not going to happen in a day. It's not going to happen in a year. It's not going to happen in, in a decade. But, but over decades, we are praying that God would begin to turn this city upside down because of the presence of Jesus in this city. This is what the book of Acts tells us was the accusation against the early followers of Jesus. Um, look at Acts 17 verses 6 and 7 with me. It says this, and when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. And Jason has received them, and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. That 
was the accusation. These people are, are, have such a powerful message that so radically transforms people's lives that it seems as though the, the whole world, wherever they go, things are turning upside down, which we know is really what? Uh-huh, right side up. And so what, what we want to see is this. We want to see God in our city. Lead us, Redemption Hill Church, just, just this, this little church, Redemption Hill, we want to be a player, all right? We want to we wanna help um, multiply churches. So that means that we want to become a thriving, multiplying church to help turn this city upside down for the glory of God. And so, so I hope you, hope you see how this works, right? If, if we're thinking about 2050, that affects how we see 2020 and how we see 2020 affects how we see 2016. And so as we seek to glorify God by living out his mission as a community transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, our mission statement since before we were even a church, how will that unfold then over the next five years? Okay, this is, this is as, as the elders kind of just vision out and we see um, our, our potential, we believe, and our desires, kind of, kind of the collision between our potential and our desires and God's vision of, for, for his church. Um, he, here's our prayer and what we believe is going to happen over time, all right? It, it may be plus or minus a couple months or a couple years, all right? Um, we hope it's minus, but, um, but here's what we want to see happen by the year 2020, all right? Here you go. You have this handout um, of a 2020 vision that you can look at as we work our way through. Number one, we want to see God build our weekly worship attendance to 450 people coming each week. Now, uh, just w- why is this so important? Because what happens here on Sunday, we-, we believe, holds the power to influence the other 167 hours in our week. It's here that we're celebrating the, the life, the death, the resurrection of Christ and, and, and how infinitely great he is and, and the power that he holds to change us day by day. And so that is why we want to see the numbers of, of, of people coming into to the Chevalier Theater climbing week after week. And some of you may be saying, well, like, well, Tanner, are you just going to kind of give us a bunch of numbers today? Like, is this, is this about numbers? Like, because there is a concern, and I think a, a very valid concern, that, that for a church that, that, is, that is tracking numbers and cares about numbers, that it can just be simply about statistics so that someone else can look at them and say, wow, they must be a pretty successful church, man. Look at those people. Look at that leadership. Look at what's happening there. Man, aren't they successful? All right, look, we are not the financial district. Right? This is like the, the bottom line is not about numbers for the sake of numbers. But we unashamedly care about numbers. Why? Because every number represents a person who has infinite value before God. So we will always care about the numbers because we care about people. That is why we care about numbers. And, and let me just kind of throw this out there, right? Would you believe, even in all the great things that God has done over the past five years, would you believe that, that really in terms of our average Sunday attendance, there are different reasons for this. We could talk about another sermon. Um, but we really have not grown over about the past 18 months. Would anybody believe that? 
I mean, it, it, it kind of doesn't feel like it, um, but, but, but that's the reality. And so that's not, like, we don't, you hear us like barking about that, and I'm like, we're not, we're not sad, we're not like in despair, like that's, that, that's going to happen in the life of a church, but, but we want to continue growing here on Sundays because we care about the 60,000 people that live in this city of Medford and the 318,000 people that live in Medford and the cities that border Medford. And that doesn't even include the cities where many of you uh, reside outside of that geographic map. And so how are we going to get there? Listen, all of these, all of these goals, all of these 2020 goals start by focusing on today, right? I mean, perhaps you missed this uh, beautiful timeline uh, that I, you know, worked my digital, you know, uh, graphic design skills on. I uh, hope you're impressed. Um, we, have this, we have this vision for, for 2050, but maybe you missed, let's go to the next slide. Uh, maybe you missed a little detail um, on, on the next slide um, that, that shows us, ooh, what, what's, what's right there? Let's go, let's zoom in a little more. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, okay, that's a little uh, faint. Can we blow it up one more time? Um, bang. That's... <laughs> Yeah, Google Images, all right? Um, how do we see a city, a city turned upside down? How do we see 2020 look like what we pray it looks like? It's, it's by what we do in the grind of tomorrow. How we live our lives today and tomorrow will determine what the future looks like. We can alter decades by how we live today. And so I want you to take not only this, this 2020 vision um, handout, but I also want you to take this, this goals possibility sheet for 2016, all right? Uh, you can come up with, with, with your own, all right? These are just ideas and suggestions. If you say like, well, Tanner, yeah, you can have a great vision, but if no one acts on the vision, it doesn't really matter um, what your vision looks like, right? Um, so, so here are just some ideas on how um, we can take some steps wherever we are in the journey uh, with Jesus or with this church, um, these are some suggestions on how we can get there, all right? Because listen, this is important. Great vision will not be accomplished without great action. And so, so this year, here, here's our prayer. This is just kind of to set us on a trajectory. This is what we hope happens. We have about 107 or 80 people, not that many today because of the snow, probably whoops, you know. Shovel some people out some more. Um, but, but, but we want to see that number grow to, to, to roughly 230 uh, by the end of the year. Well, how do we, how do we get there? It's going to happen when we, we say things like this. I will prioritize weekly worship and increase my attendance. Right? I mean, I know we all have things going on and, and this and that, but, 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 it, but just ask yourself the question, is, is, is this moment each week, it, does, it, does it matter deeply to you? Like, I just want to be here, and if I, if I absolutely have to miss, I'll miss, but, but I'm going to regretfully miss because, man, God is, is at work in my life through what is happening here on Sundays. Uh, what about this one, all right? Invite cards, all right? We have these invite cards. They're on the welcome desk, right? What if you treated an invite card like it was your cell phone? You know what I'm saying? Like, does anyone ever go anywhere these days without your cell phone? Yeah, me neither. Um, so, so what if you treated that like it was your cell phone and you always had an invite cards on you and you just say, you know what? I'm going to attempt, my game plan is to invite at least one person every week. 
Here are some other action steps. I will, bring, uh, I will, I will invite one friend to join me at RHC monthly. Maybe, maybe it's not every week. Maybe it's once a month. Maybe some of you are looking for a kind of a, a more concrete goal to pray through, and you're just saying, look, I'm going to bring X number of friends with me to worship in 2016, right? I mean, like, by the grace of God, I'm not saying, like, headlock your friends, all right, and drag them here, all right? But, but I am saying, like, this is what I want to see happen, and so I'm going to work toward it and pray toward it with everything I've got. I will bring one friend with me to Next in 2008. Like every month or so, we have what's called Next. So it's a, a place where people can discover more about Jesus and more about uh, our church. And so we, we have Next after the service to, to help give an introduction and for people to begin uh, a journey with, with other people um, in the life of our church. And then here's a fun one, all right? Here's a fun one. Don't miss this last one. Right? You might want to get your Crayola out for this one, all right? Um, uh, I will get here early, 10, 15. <laughs> Come on now, that's early, right? That's really early for some of us. All right. I will get here early each week to help welcome guests. All right. here's, here's the tricky thing about new people. All right. I see this all the time. All right. New people either get here really early or they get here really late because they don't know where they're going. Right? But anytime you're like going somewhere new, don't you try to, like, you try to get there a little early. And so how beautiful would it be if it wasn't just like our serve team, our first impression team that is here welcoming uh, new people, but we had many others that are here, you know, before, you know, 10, 30, 30 you know, whatever, you know, so you guys get the point, I love you, you know, Pastor Tanner loves you. Um, but these are just some, some steps. And, and let, let me just kind of cast a little vision here. Um, did you realize that, that God opened up a door I mean, if you asked me two years ago, like a 2020 vision would have been to move into the Chevalier Theater by the year 2020. Well, here we are, 2015, we're already in here. This is the sixth largest theater in Metro Boston. I mean, did, did God put us in here uh, just to kind of stay where we are? Or, or do we want to take that ribbon and do we want to kind of push it back week by week and see God fill these seats? So that, thank you very much, so that, so that people can know Christ. Not so that people can say, man, that's a big church. Who cares about that? We just care about people coming to know Christ and finding life in him like we've experienced life in him. And so listen, listen to this, one more thought. I deeply believe growth. Listen to this, I just hope this resonates. I deeply believe growth is the natural consequence of love. We just love people. We just care about people. It's hard to stop that church from growing, all right? Um, so number, number two, that's, that's step one to Upside Down City. Uh, step two, launch 30 groups with 300 people connected. This is 2020, right? Maybe you have in the 2019, 2018. Who knows? God could do 17. Uh, I'm not stopping him. All right. But, but by 2020, we would love to see these 450 people that are connecting weekly, at least 300 of them connecting weekly in a group, which means we're going to need more groups. And why do, why do groups matter? Why do we not just gather on Sundays, but we say, no, Sunday is not enough. We need to gather with other um, people um, throughout the week, at least, at least another time is the goal, um, so that we can encourage one another. Well, let me just tell you what you told me, all right? Um, here are just a few comments from uh, some of you when I asked you, why do you love, why do you enjoy groups at 
Redemption Hill. Um, how about this one? Because it is a place to come and ask the hard questions and be real with no judgment. We all need that, including me. Um, because the people inspire me to dive deeper into the word and they are just plain awesome, all right? Yeah, thank you very much. You can sh- shake that dust off your shoulder, all right? That's talk- they're talking about you, all right? That's probably not somebody in my group. People are just awesome. Like, you can smile about that, all right? It's like, that's nice. Good go one, James. All right, um, num- number, number uh, three. What about this one? Because of how encouraged I am when I hear how God is working in the lives of others. I love this one because I'm learning that I can't truly love people on my own. And part, the part that we have in one another's story compels me to be even more involved in my group. That, that's, that's some good stuff right there. We need one another. God made us for community. He didn't make us to live in isolation. And so, yes, we can connect on Sundays to a degree, but there is limitations with what's happening here. So we're saying, like, we want to see everyone connect with a group in our church. So, so what are, what are some, some possibilities here as we look to, by the end of this year, launch 15 groups with 150 people connected? That's a 2016 goal. Uh, how about this one? If, if you've never visited a group, that's okay. We love you. That's, it's all good, whether you're brand new or whether you've been around for a while and never visited a group. Uh, just consider this. I, I will visit a group at least three times. I just ask people for this because I think, just I'm confident, that if you go three times, you're going to love it so much that you're going to want to keep coming again and again and again. So maybe you just say, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out at least three times. Maybe to build a sense of family and community, you would say, you know what? I'm going to try to grab a meal with people in my group monthly. Because you know what happens? When, when we disconnect from one another, it's easy to get disconnected. That's the way life works. But what about this one? Maybe, maybe God's blessed you with a home, all right? In and, and, and Boston, we all have these like, you know, tiny little apartments and homes and stuff. Um, but maybe God's blessed you with a home that could house, you know, uh, 10, 12 people in a living room, even if it's crowded, you know, and you say, man, I want God's, God's gifted me to be hospitable and I want to open my home to host people to come to a group. What, what about this? Um, I will pursue a discipling relationship with someone in my group. We'll talk more about that in a bit. I will get to know my neighbors where I live and, and invite them to join a group event. You see, we don't just gather to like study the scripture that we do that, but we say, you know what, let's go catch a movie. Let's go bowling. Let's go out to dinner. And we can invite our friends who may not come here on a Sunday yet, but they would come to, to you know, a little candle pin action with us, with a, you know, flatbread, I'm just, just saying. Um, so, um, and then what about this one? Uh, I will bring someone new uh, to Redemption Hill with me to a group this year. We have new people all the time that, that are coming in and out of our church. Like, wouldn't it be awesome if, if more of us would, would just kind of identify them and say, you know what? Hey, if you're free on Monday night, if you're free on Tuesday night, like no pressure, but you know, here's the address, you know, I'll meet you, whatever, and we can make it happen. That would be bala, all right? Um, number, n- number three, not only do we want everyone to connect with a group, we want everyone to serve with a team. So the, so the 2020 vision is that we would commission, all right, 300 people to serve with the team. And, and let, me, let me tell you why this is important, all right? Just kind of reason this one out in your heart, right? This is important because we were made for this. God made us to find delight in putting someone else before ourselves, to sacrifice a little bit of time 
for the good of someone else. And man, we have a serving church. This is one of, clearly one of the strengths of our church. And we're just praying that God would grow it stronger and stronger. Um, just, just put this to the test. Go do something nice for someone and then see if you feel bad about it. It's not, it's not gonna happen. Because God made us to be satisfied and fulfilled when we live life like it ought to be. We were made for this. So, so how, do we, how do we get there, all right? Um, I know some of you have skills that you're holding out, all right? You're being stingy with your skills. And, and Pastor Reddy, he's going to find out about that. He's going to put you in a headlock, all right? He's going to say, I'm going to help you find your shape, all right? I'm going to help you identify your, your spiritual gifts and your, your passions, your heart and your abilities and your, you know, personality experience. Thank you very much. That's shape, right? We talk about that all the time. I just forgot what it was. Um, so, so, so what are some steps? What about this? I'll, I'll schedule a shape assessment. I, just, I don't know how it would fit into a surf team around here. So I just want to talk to somebody about where it might be a good fit for me and where there's a need that I can step in and serve. Here's a very practical step. I'll, I'll shadow a, a surf team member. I'll connect with someone in Redemption Kids. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll hook up with a first impressions team who, who welcome everyone and, and get things right in terms of the setup. Um, I'll, I'll maybe talk to Micah if I, if I have some musical you know, abilities. I'll just help with the venue team. That's just sim- as simple as getting here to, to move some boxes and to put some boxes away. Not like, not very difficult. Just take some time, right? So there are all kinds of opportunities, possibilities for you to, I hope everybody got a Crayola, by the way, all right, um, to, to take this and just say, you know what, mm, maybe that's, uh, uh, yeah, I might need to do that. I might, God might be leading me to take that step um, to see this vision happen. All right, fill them up. Number four, we want to see God grow our covenant family to 225 meaningful members. All right, so, so we, we see in the, the, the New Testament that, that as Christians um, gathered into to groups, collections of, of, of other believers known as local churches, um, it was clear uh, who was really committed to that family and who was not, all right? So that's why we'd say we're members of one another and, and, and there's kind of this, you know, kind of collective authority in, in a church because there are people who have said, I've joined the family and I've joined the mission. And so membership matters at Redemption Hill um, because it's, it's our members that help set the pace under the leadership of our pastors and to, with their wisdom and their service to set the trajectory for what's coming in our church. If you ask any one of our pastors, hey, if there's a need that arises, if there's a leadership gap that's gonna be filled, you know who we're going to? We're going right to our membership, uh, Ross, and we're going to say, you know what? Um, maybe this would, maybe they have the time, maybe they have the heart, and, and we're going to go to our members first. Because our, our members are the ones that have said, I've joined the family, I've joined the mission, and I'm committed to this thing. And so maybe, maybe, maybe that would just be a simple step for you to say, you know what? This year, I'm going to take that step. I'm going to, to, to move forward and say, you know what? I really want to be a consistent part of this family, this mission that God has uh, given to Redemption Hill Church, all right? So, so as we think about this kind of progression, all right? This is how it works, all right? People, um, usually the first front door of a church is, is what happens on Sunday. 
And then we want to see people on Sundays connect with a group and serve with a team. And then out of that, as people really sense that, man, I, I want to call this place home. These people are all right. It's a good way to put membership. Um, then then I'm, going to, I'm going to covenant with these people. I'm going to say, you know what, man, I want, I'm, I'm going to commit to, to living life together with you for the sake of Jesus. That's, that's another way to put membership. Then what we want to do is, okay, you ready? We want to multiply. And so these next uh, goals that you see deal more with multiplication. Why? Because we don't want to live just for ourselves, but we want to, to live for something greater than ourselves. So, so we're going to come back to number five, all right? Just hang tight. Let's look at goal number six for 2020. We want to multiply. I love this. We want to multiply 100 diverse leaders in Redemption Hill and three new churches in Boston. All right? What happens when... 450 people start showing up and the ribbons like three quarters of the way back because nobody just wants to, you know, be smashed in like sardines usually. All right, so we're gonna have to keep pushing that ribbon back. All right, what happens when we have 450 people? We're gonna have 30 groups and we're gonna have 300 people serving on teams. And so that means we need more leaders to lead those groups and to lead those teams. And that means we're gonna need more pastors to care for these people and to counsel these people and to check in with these people and to teach these people. And we're gonna need more deacons to help lead, take the lead in serving these people. And so that means we better get busy with the task of developing leaders in our midst. And we're, we're already about that. I don't have time to unpack it for you today. But if you have questions, just let me know, all right? Just let me know. So we want to multiply 100 leaders and we want to start three new churches. As we've, as we've shared already, as I've shared, uh, we didn't come to, to Boston to plant a church. We came to, to Boston to plant churches, to be a part of a movement of churches. It doesn't have to, they don't have to all look like us. They're not all going to look like Redemption Hill. That's a good thing. But we can partner with other churches that, that love Christ and be about the mission of multiplication. So, so this year, we're, we're taking steps with, with the Sanders family. They're planting a church in Arlington. We've already sent four of our people to be a part of their core team, and we want to send more. Awesome. And so they're going to be our, Lord willing, they're going to be our first new church start, and then we want to start at least two more in the next five years. What else related to mission? We want to send 25% of Redemption Hill on short and long-term mission assignments. We just prayed for Elena. She's going to, to India, uh, South Asia to serve with International uh, Justice Mission. And, and so we want to say, you know what, man, we want to, any, anyone that's feel, feeling led by God, we want to help equip you and care for you and support you as you go live for the glory of God, even among the nations. So, so for some of you, you're going to be like Elena and say, you know what, I'm going to go serve in, in justice uh, mission areas. I'm going to go help start new churches all around the globe. Many others of us are going to say, you know what, man, God's not leading me to do that, but I'll, I'll give up a week of vacation. I'll give up a long weekend to go to New York City and help our partner there. I'll go to Toronto, like we did a couple of years ago, and I'll serve there for a week. I'll give up some time to help the crew in Arlington for a season. Even if you don't plant yourself there, you'll go and serve for, 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 for a few days or a few months. You see, God is a, a global God. 
God has a global heart. He loves all people. And this is why, this is why we love Medford. Did you know? You didn't know this, I bet. Did you know that there are kids at Medford High School from 68 birth countries? 68. Right here in our city. So, so we, we see God's heart is global. So we want to not only go to the world and, and tell people about Christ, but we also want to tell people about Christ here, right here from all over the, over the planet, right here. It's an amazing opportunity that we have. And, and so uh, for, for others of you, God may lead you to, to, a, to a different job in a different part of, of, of our country. And so what we also want to do is not just say, you know what, see you later, we love you, but we want to we be a part of what's next. So we want to also send you out, some of, some of you who have to relocate for a job, reluctantly, I hope. You're going to be sent out from Redemption Hill to be a missionary wherever God places you. That's how we're going to do 25%. Uh, we also want to, when it comes to multiplication, we also want to equip 25% of our church to benefit from discipling relationships, all right? So just let, let's, let's be honest here, all right? I'm, I'm not looking for a show of hands, all right? Some of you can kind of give me a little, you know, a little eyebrow raise. Um, how many of you, at the beginning of this year, looked in the mirror and you said, well, said, you know what, man, uh, you need to lose a couple. Anybody? All right, you don't chuckle because you might give yourself away, all right? But, but some of you looked in the mirror and you're like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not as fit as I used to be. I'm not as ripped as I, you know, used to be. And so the new year brings a, a new opportunity for a new you. And people that are kind of excited about that sometimes get what are known as personal trainers, they actually know like the proper form to work out and they'll motivate you and they'll tell you to, you know, wake up and to eat your vitamins and all this stuff. All right, so, so, so you know what Jesus, who Jesus was? He was the greatest spiritual uh, personal trainer that, that, that ever lived. And so what Jesus did was he took, you know, 12, 12 guys and he took those 12 and he spent a lot of time with three of those guys, Peter, James, and John, and he trained them on what it looks like to live like he lives. And so not only did he stop there, but he trained those three and those 12 and those 70 to then train others who would train others who would train others. So we just want to emulate this as a church. So we're saying, look at this. It's not just enough for what happens on Sunday or it's not just enough for what happens in groups, although those are both essential, we believe. But we, out of our groups primarily, want to see people that just kind of start to, to connect. And, you know, I say like, man, you're a couple of steps ahead of me in this journey. Can you just kind of help me out? Can you teach me what it looks like to follow Jesus like you are? And then all of a sudden, what you're going to see happen, even if you're a new believer in Christ, which some of you are, we'll talk about that in a little bit, all right, is, is that then you're going to be able to turn around and say, you know what, man, I've, I've learned a thing or two. Let me show you. So we want to see at least 25% of our church, and, and, and the number hopefully will rise much, much higher than that, right? Number nine, all right, become totally financially self-sustaining by 2019, all right? So when you're a new church, um, you don't have much, many resources, right? You don't have many people resources, you don't, you don't have a lot of time to give, and you don't have a lot of money either. But, but, but a mission requires resources to maximize the mission. And so what our, what our hope is, what our, what our plan and expectation is, is that 
all of our internal gifts that we receive on, on Sundays and through the week and, and now through push pay and all this, um, we're, we're expecting that by 2019, all of our internal gifts will totally front the bill for the, the ministries and the mission and, the, and all the global outreach that we're doing as a church. And so the, there's some authors um, in, in Australia that, that talk about this helpful analogy between a, a trellis and, and a vine, all right? So, so you know that a vine, if it's going to grow in a healthy manner and expand as quickly as it naturally wants to, it needs to be uh, connected to a trellis, a structure that will help the vine grow. And so what they say is that people work and caring for people and, and imparting uh, God's truth that, that changes us to people is, is, is vine work. But that vine work has to be supported by trellis structures. So, so there are all kinds of trellis structures that happen in the life of our church. Set up and, and all the AV details on Sundays and, and, and even things like, yes, financial ministry plans, a.k.a. the church budget. And so to get the the people work done and to send people out on mission, we need resources to make that happen. And so our goal this year is that we would collectively, okay, this is a little bit of a stretch goal, but we've seen just year after year God's faithfulness and people providing. It's been awesome. We've seen him meet these goals time and time again. Um, We want to see us give $360,000 to God's mission through Redemption Hill this year. You say, well, how can I be a part of that, Tanner? Get out your Crayola, all right? Um, what about this one, all right? I'll just plan my personal budget and set a goal. I'm not telling you what the goal has to be. I'm just saying, like, isn't that wise just to plan a personal budget? Like, if we don't spend our money, our money will spend itself kind of, you know, philosophy. And so we just plan it out, we set a goal, and we go after it. Some of you are already there and you've been giving. You're like, you know what, man? I want to try to, to, to kind of bump, bump my giving up to at least 10% of my income, all right? We, we see, you know, a tithe in the Old Testament. We don't think that's prescriptive. In other words, we don't think that's commanded today. We just think it's a decent benchmark to strive toward to say, you know what? Man, of, of course, if, you know, as God's growing me and my maturity and love for Christ, I'm going to want to give more and more and more. I want, I want God to, to bless me more financially so I can be more generous to give to his mission. What about this? Just simply, you would just look at kind of your, your 2015 giving and you would say, you know what, I just want to increase it so that we can serve more people and start more churches. And, and, and then this one's good, all right? Um, I will begin systematic recurring gifts, either weekly or monthly, whatever you'd like, uh, through PushPay. That's our new online giving app. Check this out. John's been saying, you know, on the offering slot, you know, hey, check out PushPay and it'll only take you. Listen, I, I was standing right back there while he was saying that. And I did it in 15 seconds. Super, super simple. It's, it's nice. So if you haven't tried it yet, check it out. It'll also help the trellis work become a little lighter for us so we can do more vine work as a pastoral staff because we don't have to count receipts and do all this electronically. It's boom, boom, boom. It's easy for you. It's easy for us. Everybody's happy and we're moving forward in the mission, right? So we want to give generously. And then uh, number 10, we want to see over 80%. This one's, this one's huge. We want to see 80% of Redemption Hill living in Medford or a border city. All right, so, so let me just hear, hear, hear my, my thought process and heart here. Um, we moved to Medford to, to reach Medford. Now, now we, we believe and hope 
that we will not only just be a church that is comprised of people in Medford, but that we will have people coming from border cities and even beyond border cities so that we can have a regional impact as a church. That's our prayer. That's our hope. So if you, if you live outside of the border kind of city analogy, you know, the, the picture, you know, 318,000 there, um, then, then we, like, we still want you to come, right? We love you. We want you to come. We want you to be a part of this mission, all right? But, but what happens, listen to this, what happens when more people move into the center of the mission? The mission gets stronger, Right? The mission gets stronger. If you place more light in a concentrated area, what happens? The light starts to shine brighter and brighter and brighter. And so what we're after here, the biblical vision of life as it ought to be is called shalom, all right? And so we are after the shalom of our city. We're after the welfare of our city. We want things to be the way that God wants them to be, which means that as we're walking the streets of our city, as we're working in our city, we're trying to give ourselves away for the sake of others to do good deeds, to love them in Jesus' name so that they can experience who he is and what he's all about. And so that's easier when... We have more people living right here in Medford or these surrounding closest cities. So maybe when your lease is up, you can pray about moving a little closer. Maybe if if you're in a position like, uh, I keep talking about Pastor Reddy today, all right? Uh, I love love Pastor John Chastain too, all right? But Reddy's getting an example. Yo, Reddy and his wife, Teresa, guess what they're going to do in 2016? They're moving to Mephra. Uh-huh. Thank you very much, Ready? All right? We're praying about that house. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So that's, do you, do you see the vision there? Do you see the purpose in that? We're going to be able to have a greater impact relationally and serving as more people live right here. So, so let, me just, let me just make a, a, another ask, all right? Just for you to consider. Can't, can't twist your arm. I don't do that. All right? Just like God, maybe... You know, do the work. Um, if, if, you, if you live in greater Boston, why not try to, to live here in Medford or as close as you can? And if you're going to stay in America, if at all possible, then why not stay in Boston? Right? I mean, I, mean, I, I, I get it. There are opportunities abound to, you know, trial and this and this. I'm like, But if God's already placed you in one of the greatest mission fields on the planet, and make no mistake, this is what this is, then I'm saying there has to be a very, very, very compelling reason to go elsewhere, right? So let's let's turn this city upside down, 2050, 2020, 2016. Thank you very much, all right? Number 10, which is number five, all right? Back back up to to number five. This one's last because this one, honestly, is, is the most important one to me right now. We want to celebrate 30 to 50 people every year, every year, becoming a new follower of Christ. Now, now before I talk about that, I just want you to just, just dream with me here. If, if this one happens, like, is there any, is there any issue with, with the other ones? I, I, would, I would say absolutely not. But, but here's, here's the more compelling why behind that, that piece, all right? If, if, if we have received 
the greatest gift the world has ever known, the supreme treasure of our lives, the, the, the one who, who satisfies us and infuses meaning in every aspect of our lives, changes the way we love our neighbor, changes the way we care about our friends, changes the way we love our spouses, changes the way that we work and we study and we play. If Christianity is, is that huge and that cosmic and that real, then how could, we, how could we keep Jesus to ourselves? It just doesn't add up. And, and, and I, I want to just speak to, from my heart here because, because this has got to start with, with me. It's got to start with me. It's got to start with our pastors, but it's got to start right here that God would increasingly move me from cowardice to courage. That God would move me from just simply caring about people in a general sense. We all care, right? Of course we care about people. We wouldn't be here if we didn't. But, but from moving from kind of a caring and a concern to a brokenhearted anguish over the status of people's souls. To move from, move from intention, man, I have great intentions. But to move from intention to action. This is going to require prayer. This is going to require time. This is going to require encouragement. This is going to require us tapping one another on the shoulder and, and saying, man, we got this. Let's go. Don't worry about it. You failed again. Yeah, me too. All right, but let's just by grace keep moving forward so that more and more people can discover who Christ is. So here, here are just a few thoughts on this. Maybe, maybe you would say, I'll bring one friend to an explore group this year. We're going to have explore groups where you just explore Christianity and study the gospel of Mark together. Maybe that would be you. Um, maybe, maybe some would say, I will give a Bible or another resource to X number of friends this year. I mean, just, just you know, we have a resource table and you can do this on your own, but you know, just to say, you know what, hey, would you read this? Would you just take a few minutes a day for a week and then just like tell me what you think? We talk about it. It's pretty non-threatening. Um, what about this? I will learn to share my testimony and share it with a certain number of friends. I'll grab lunch with a coworker once a month. How hard is that? I will create opportunities to tell uh, this number of friends each week or month or even this year, all right? So, so I'm saying God's leading me. My goal, I'm just going to put it on the table. I, I'm praying that God would move me to multiple times a week to share my faith. One degree or another. You can pray that for me. I need your prayers. Some of you might say, you know what, man, two people, not just every week, like just this year, man, that would be like huge progress for me. And if that's you, man, way to go. Put two this year. God's not, God's not upset about that. If that's growth for you, if that's a step for you, then take that step. Maybe some of you would want to meet with Kevin Sanders, talk about how you can help our Arlington plant. Um, maybe some of you would want to start a prayer group. All right, check this out. You remember I told you, I love this, all right? You remember I told you how that a few of us started waking up like back at the end of November, we started waking up at five, like, well, at four or 4.30 or something, or 4.45 if you host um, the 5 a.m. prayer group, right? And you know what we did? We started praying that other prayer groups would pop up around our city. 
And so I kid you not, I get a, I get a text message or a Facebook post or something from uh, Hannah Hong, who's uh, one of our Tufts students. And, and guess what? She's starting a prayer group on Monday at Tufts. She wasn't at our group. She didn't know that we were praying for that. But I'm telling you, man, the power of God at work through prayer. Maybe you would just say, man, I'm gonna, it's just two people. It's just three people, just five people. To say, you know, we're going to commit this deal to God in prayer. How, listen, this is, there's a lot here. I know there's a lot here. You've done great to hang with me. And you can't say everything that, that we want to say or that needs to be said about all this, right? That's why we meet here every week. And that's why we do group and all that. But, but listen, listen, listen. You, ha- you have to hear this. How will we get there? Like, how how will we get to 2050? How will we get to 2020? How will we get to the place where 2016 looks beautiful because of the work of God among us? I think it's this. I think we have to, to build, and then we have to celebrate. We have to build like God wants us to build as a city within a city. Read Matthew 5 and the whole entire Bible, for that matter, right? But we have to build as a city within a city, and then we have to, every time we build, every step of the way, we have to celebrate and say, you know what? Here, here, we're going to celebrate that. You took a step of faith. You prayed another prayer. You served someone in your workplace. You're gonna, we're going to celebrate that. We're going to pat each other on the back. We're going we're gonna to fist pump. We're going to you know, shoulder bump, whatever the case may be, because you, you become what you celebrate. You are what you celebrate. When we get excited for one another, the culture is going to shift. The culture is going to change and be what we want it to be. So we, we build, all right? This is a little acronym I worked out this week. All right, you might want to write it down. Here we go. Beholding, there's the B. You can spell, right? Uh, thank you. Uh, beholding the glory of Jesus. Everything starts with our vision of him. Beholding the glory of Jesus as a unified family. You see, uh, 2020 and 2050 and, and, and 20, like, it's not happening if like a few people get on board. No one's, no one's doing this solo. It has to be all of us in this together as a unified family. We will live intentionally Loving all people completely dependent on his grace as we exercise audacious faith. And that last part, we're we're just saying, look, um, we can't do this. We can't make one person come. We can't get one coworker to grab lunch with us. Um, But but God can. And so we're going to work and we're going to sweat and we're going to act and we're going to do our best. But all the while, we're going to depend on God to do his work work in and through us, but we're actually going to believe that it's going to happen. That's the audacious faith part. As we depend on him, we're going to believe that he will act and act on behalf of his glory. And then we'll just celebrate. Because I'm telling you, every time someone like one of my friends just a little more than a week ago, said, you know what? I get it now. I see that Jesus is the son of God. He really died for me on the cross. He really rose from the grave. I'm really gonna follow him. And and when that happens, man, we celebrate and we get so excited. Because why? Because who wears the, the biggest smile in heaven when something amazing happens on earth as the way it ought to be in heaven? Who wears the biggest smile? 
our God wears the biggest smile. The Father, Son, and Spirit have the biggest smile on their face when, when we move forward as He desires for us. So, so, so you have a crayon, and you have, as God leads, in all these little possibilities. And what we're hoping is that you'll just take three steps and you would, you would share it maybe with us next week as, as we come back here and we have kind of a, a time of commitment. You share with your, your group or with a friend at minimum. Um, but you would say, you know what, here, here are three ways that I want to strive to build and celebrate with my Redemption Hill family, all right? And, and, and what we want to see happen is, is this, all right? This is what happened, all right? When, I, when we were gone on Christmas vacation, uh, when you have a, a six and a four-year-old, now a seven and a four-year-old, um, they just want to color pictures, Right? It's like, Daddy, will you color with me? What are you going to draw? And so you guys know that I've had, you know, a little something, something on my mind the past few months. So they're, they're drawing like, you know, stars and rainbows and, and whatnot. And so I just started, you know, drawing, drawing this. This right here is what's on the back of your vision card. It's called a thermometer, all right? Thank you very much. I know you can't hardly really tell by this awesome uh, drawing that uh, the artist TT did. Um, but, um, but, but here it is, and this is called the temperature of life. And so what I just said is like, look, this is just like, I was just playing at first, but it's like, no, I'm going to keep this because what I want to see happen is that these four uh, new followers of Christ this year uh, in, in conjunction with our 2015 vision and, oh, but whoops, more than that, um, we're going to see God just kind of fill that in, you know, week after 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 week. And so, look, your, your, your skills might be better than mine. But, but would you just, like, as, as, an, as an act of faith, to just say, look, God, I'm going to go after this. It feels impossible, but I'm, I'm going to go after it. And I'm going to watch. God, I'm just going to pray, and I'm going to hope, and I'm going to work, and I'm going to get encouragement, and, and I'm just going to, you know, color in the thermometer and watch the temperature rise. Let's be about this work together as a family that's on a mission for the sake of not just ourselves, not just ourselves, but for this city and this globe so that people can know the Christ that we know who has turned our lives upside down for his name's sake. I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer and Mike and the team are going to come up and lead us in song. But if, if you'd like, if you, if you just want to look at that, look at those sheets, look at the goals, possibilities, get out your crayon, all right? You might just, you, maybe God's already led you like, man, psh, that's, that's one for me. Psh, that's, that's another one for me. Maybe, maybe you just like, you don't know at this point, you just want to pray about it. That's okay. But let me, let me lead us in a time of prayer and let's, let's ask God. Let's ask God to do the work that only he can do among us. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Father, we are nothing apart from you. But because of Christ, Lord, we have everything. And so, Lord, would you do your work in our hearts, Lord? It's, 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 it's fun to talk about the possibilities of the future. 
And Lord, we certainly need a clear vision to know uh, what we're after and what we you know, see you calling us to as a church to be about your work in this world. And yet, God, we realize that great vision, if not accompanied by great action, amounts really to nothing. So God, I pray. I pray that you would help us to see Help us to see how you want to work in our lives, God, how you want to work through us. And God, there's no reason to pray that the 2016 wouldn't be the greatest year of our lives. There's no reason to pray that you wouldn't use this church to be an agent with so many other churches that would love Jesus and just say, you know, we... We are in this city to see you turn it on its head for your glory. God, help us to live wholeheartedly for you today, but help us to live beyond today as we look at what lies ahead. To be motivated, to be moved, God, to to give ourselves away, to sacrifice to have great faith, to depend on you, to love like we've never loved before, to live intentionally, to not just just leave here and go watch the Patriots and go watch some sitcoms and go surf the internet and to do a a lot of junk that just doesn't matter. I mean, let's all go, it's cool. Like, I'm gonna watch the past today, God. Thank you very much, hopefully. But um, but, but God, you, you have more for us. So God, help us to live with intentionality. Help us to behold your glory that would drive it all. You are amazing, Father. We love you. We give you praise. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen.